from the Arizona Avenue studios in beautiful Bend, Oregon. It's Truth in Lending, the podcast for mortgage people by mortgage people. Today is February 1st, 2023, and the CE legend himself, Ken Perry, is joining us on today's episode. Hey guys, dry January is over, so crack open for your favorite pota- potato heads, the effervescent Katie Pelcher, and hold on to your pants, Randy Vance. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say take off your pants. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and now the disclaimer. Truth and Lending is a podcast for mortgage industry folk and consumers alike. It's filled with our opinions and our advice. We may not always be right, but we do our best to bring you the latest news and developments from our perspective. Keep listening and you'll likely learn something, such as our unique identifiers. Randy Vance, NMLS 1455628, American Pacific Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1850, Equal Housing Lender. Katie Pelcher, NMLS 1588514, Loan Depot, NMLS 174457, Equal Housing Lender. Ken, would you like to jump in and give your NMLS number two, and then I'll introduce you to the guests. I don't have one. I've avoided it. Oh, you're so, so I've never, funny. I thought you were never making done a joke it. I passed the test. Never got a license. Yeah. Ken's NMLS number is three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Everyone, if if he needs an introduction, Ken Perry is joining us, and the, yes, the CE legend. But man, no, owner of Knowledge Coop, what else have you got going on? We have so many questions for you today. Yeah, who is Ken Perry? Oh my gosh. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, it's funny the the CE King, I like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I founded a company 20 years ago. We actually turned 20 in April this year and, uh, April 1st, yeah, too, we, right? April 1st. Yeah. On <laughs> April fool's day. I quit my job on April fool's day and my boss didn't believe me. It was hilarious. That's a great day to quit by the way. Um, awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I quit. My boss told me it was the worst decision I'd ever make in my entire career when I left. I, and, uh, you know, then he ended up doing mortgage modifications. So it worked. And uh, <laughs> now I, I try to do my best to train everybody in the mortgage industry on how to, how to be better at, at all things, not just compliance, but everything that we can try and kind of save the world mortgage industry, uh, you know, first. So we, we know that you were a loan officer back in the day. Um, what <laughs> made you pivot? Like, what, why did you decide that you wanted to educate basically all of us and start the Knowledge Coop? Oh, great question. So I, there were two big pivots for me. One is I had a boss named Sam Hussein, who when I was a loan officer, I was their top producing loan officer. And I was, uh, once I got all the records, I got bored. And so he called me into his office. He's like, Hey, you're bored. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I was his top producing loan officer. So I was making him a lot of money. And he goes, I can offer you this job where you'll make, you'll never make more than half of what you currently make but you'll be twice as happy. Would you like to be our trainer? And so I became their national trainer. I'm like, that sounds great because happiness is what appeals to me. I'm not about money. I'm about like making a difference in people's lives. And so I took the job, flew around the country, training all of our branches and growing the mortgage company. And then when I wanted to leave California and move back to the Northwest, um, don't hate, (laughs) I I came up to the Northwest. And when I did that, um, I took a sales job as an account executive for a lender. And uh, Sam, when I was leaving, he goes, just remember you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to be not as happy as you could be if you went back to training. And that never <laughs> left me. And so three years later, I was doing loans. And it, it, as an AE, you get to see it all, right? You you would walk into broker shops and 
you would see them do everything wrong you could possibly do. And I was watching people fall into three categories. One is they did it right and they were successful. One is they did it wrong and it was illegal. And one was they just didn't know enough. And so they made mistakes that would then end their careers or, you know, they wouldn't be successful. And I was like, what if I can make a change to the industry, go back to doing what I love doing, just start something that can make a difference. And that's when I quit my job with no plans. I made, I just looked at my W-2s. I had made like $50,000 by February and I made $4,000 the rest of the year. So uh, I didn't do it for the money, but I was happier than I'd ever been. Sam was totally right. (laughs) <laughs> you, I feel like you skipped ahead to question uh, question all the way at the bottom of the page that we had, and it's something I ask everyone, uh, and I ask myself always, am I doing this for money, power, or fame? And it sounds, you know, fame isn't a bad thing, but you want to do it to be known to help people. Um, you know, it's not about having a power trip or about, you know, making the almighty dollar, yet you've still managed to be successful. I think you need to Yeah, and I, I don't read to the bottom of the page. I have ADHD. So. <laughs> well, let's let's get into the meat and the potatoes of the show. Um, so recently, the Supreme Court ruled that the CFPB is structurally unconstitutional, yet there's really not been anything done about it. Um, some would argue, and I think I'm on this side of the argument, that consumers need this kind of agency. Where do you think it goes from here? Do you think we'll see any changes that the current administration will, um, you know, to do something with Elizabeth Warren's brainchild? Or what do you think happens from here? So this is really funny. Um, the way that, so they've declared them unconstitutional twice now, right? The mm-hmm. first time was that their director um, could not be fired. And so that's unconstitutional to have that, like we don't have a separation of powers. And so they looked at that and they're like, well, how do we fix it? Okay, we just make a change where they can be fired. So that like easily fixable, you don't have to unwind any cases, you're all good. This one's the actual funding of where they get their money. And the impact could be freaking enormous because you could go back to the beginning of the CFPB and unwind everything they've ever done, which by the way, nobody on either side of the the house want to do. Nobody wants to unwind everything that's been done, the the monstrous implications would be huge. So what they're doing right now is trying to fix it without a big uh, like upheaval of everything. And I right. think they'll be able to do that. They just need to change the funding source. So, but in the meantime, what's happening is people in those courts in those areas where in the district where they actually declared it unconstitutional, you're just not seeing them bring cases. And so what they're doing is behind the scenes, they're settling a lot more cases and in some cases, they'll settle and say, we're going to settle with you. And if you pay us this much money, we won't tell anybody we settled. So there are these <laughs> secret settlements all over the place. Oh, um, but everybody knows, like, if the CFPB comes after us, we could actually hold on to this funding source thing and say they're unconstitutional and delay any enforcement. Right. At the end of the day, they'll still be in existence. There will be no shutting down of the CFPB. Um, and they'll just kind of, you know, they'll they'll wade through this murky water and come out the other side of being able to sell enforce. So do you think we're going to see any changes to LO Comp? I mean, can we go back to how it was back in the day when I first got in the business, you know, two on the front, three or four on the back oh and not <laughs> disclose it to the borrowers? Sounds like I'm leaving the podcast. Just Jack. <laughs> only, Saxon, only Saxon went to six on the back. Um, um, LO Comp doesn't need to change. We're already violating the current law. So I don't know of many companies actually legally paying their loan officers. 
And so all they need to do is if the regulators understood. Wait, can, wait the hold on. Could you, could you say that <laughs> one more? Can you say that one more time? I want to make sure that my boss hears it twice. <laughs> companies Most aren't companies actually. companies are paying illegally. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I know. You, I think you touched on this think in training, um, at least this last year. But do you want to kind of expound on that for anyone else that hasn't heard or. Yeah, there, we're, we're getting to this point where um, companies are saying either I pay illegally or I just shut the doors now because I'm going to lose all my loan officers to people paying illegally. If you want more on this, go watch the Madoff documentary on, on Netflix mm-hmm. because the beauty of the Madoff documentary, I think it's one of the best done documentaries in exposing what regulators have done to cause the crisis. And I know that's going to be controversial to say. But if regulators don't understand the laws they regulate, and if they're too friendly with the industry where they're like afraid to go after somebody, or they just lay back and do nothing, then the industry thinks they're doing it right. So if somebody comes out of an audit and they're like, CFPB was just in here, they didn't bust us, everything must be right, then they just keep doubling down on doing things wrong, even though it's not right. And if you look at that Madoff documentary, the SEC, found, like somebody turned in Madoff to the SEC with like an 18 point bulletin of like, these are the things that are being done wrong. And they just called Bernie and they're like, are you doing it wrong? And he's like, nope. And they're like, cool, thanks. And they didn't investigate. So billions were lost because the regulator didn't know what they were doing and they trusted the industry too much. Interesting. Speaking of uh, kind of changes coming into play and, and maybe, big changes, <laughs> maybe what needs to be done, but what is being done, the LLPA ads that are taking effect in May, we went into this just oh in the God. last episode, but what do you I listened to? It. That was a great episode. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what do you see um, is going to be difficulties in the industry based on these changes? The, the biggest thing right now, there's two things. So I'm on the ledge committee for Oregon um, mortgage bankers, and we just went through all of the laws currently, you know, submitted. Um, right now, everybody's focused on homelessness and the underhoused. So mm-hmm. how do we make sure people get access to, like, if you look, there's like four multifamily bills right now that's going to give people um, additional tax credits for building multifamily and low-income housing. So that's a really big focus on the law area. And I think that's just where everybody's going. I don't think anybody's, they're not trying to over-regulate the industry. I think the biggest things the industry should be watching are definitely the um the new um, non-compete that the FTC is blasting where they're trying to make non-competes illegal Hmm. Um, because I think that's where a lot of lenders are making these agreements where, you know, they're going to need somebody to produce loans to pay them back for all the the money they gave them to come over. Mm -hmm. So you'll see some on that. You'll see a lot on marketing and advertising. I think the FTC doesn't go away. Um, I don't think bad advertising goes away because they can't shut it all down. They keep trying and for some reason it doesn't work. Lowest um, rates, I, guaranteed. <laughs> call now. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's gotta come back. But somewhere. yeah, I don't think you should worry about any future legislation. I think the industry should worry if the regulators start realizing what the industry's doing. I think if they were to see behind the scenes, like if I was a regulator, we'd all be screwed. The industry would be in trouble um, because I know too much, and I think that it's just a knowledge. It's, it's they're not knowledgeable enough on their own laws in many cases. Yeah. And um, speaking of that, just kind of things that have uh, you've seen, <laughs> you've seen a lot through all the states. But what do you think is the craziest story and the most outrageous as far as people breaking the law or crossing the line? Make sure you name all the names. <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> no one is protected on truth and lending. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is there a craziest story? I think the funniest story, super basic, but this uh, this loan officer put on Facebook 
a picture of her, all of her favorite realtors with a Tiffany bag in each of their hands and said, <laughs> uh, had a great breakfast celebrating my highest referral partners. And, um, the and bags she were just had on given the table, them, Ken. The That's bags right. were just oh, yeah, on the totally. table. Totally. They didn't have, anybody could have grabbed them. <laughs> Possession oh is nine-tenths of the, the law, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I mean, so why, why, why do we need compliance? I mean, for me, I've, I've always had a problem with authority, yet I have this conscience, and I want to do things the right way. But mm-hmm. um, and I know my compliance department is going to listen to the show because they listen to every single show, <laughs> and I love what you guys do, but I also hate what you do. <laughs> why? Why do you make our job so hard? Why do we need compliance? <laughs> They're going to make us edit this part out of the show. You know that. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> compliance is one of the. I just kind of, dude. I just got a message yesterday on Facebook from a guy who's a compliance officer who just got laid off. And I'm like, how in this market do you lay off your compliance officer? You're like, in addition to the market being hard for us, we're also going to risk our company by, you know, and a huge multi-million dollar fine by laying off the compliance officer. Like, we need compliance for a couple different reasons. One is because I know human nature too well. Like, we will do the craziest thing that we are legally allowed to do. Um, And there's people even with compliance that are willing to take those risks. So we need compliance to make sure that we run ethical organizations so that at the end of the day, the consumer is better, but so that Iceland doesn't go under from the mortgage-backed securities they bought because we did things that were stupid. What a terrible and answer. So- <laughs> That's, what a terrible... <laughs> no, I Dude, think, I, you'd you be make surprised. I hate compliance, too. I mean, I, I, I don't love it. You know, I, I hate... As an employer, you know, we have 40 people now, and it's hard to be compliant with every law around, like, HR, hiring, pay the things you can and can't say, like it's, it's not easy, but I can tell you that the more compliant you are, the easier it is to run your company long term. Yeah. It all just starts to get built in. Uh, Speaking of rules, do you know our rule of truth and lending? The one rule of truth and lending. There's only one. This will show how much you've listened to us. Oh my gosh. No, I don't know the one rule of truth and lending. (laughs) No shameless self-promotion. Right. From any loan officers. (laughs) So that's what, you know, Katie's at Loan Depot. I'm uh, American Pacific Mortgage, DBA Hicks and Lending. Yeah. But our one thing when we built this. That's right. We support everyone, but we don't do shameless (laughs) self-promotion. We'll we'll self-promote each other or you. So that'll that'll come. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next one. Katie. Uh, Yeah. Your Randy says his favorite CE course was the Sons of Compliance. Best of all time. (laughs) What's what's been your favorite one? Whether it's recording or looking back on it after, what what was your favorite? My favorite was Sons of Compliance. Yeah, I was. I got <laughs> I got a star in that one. That was free and amazing. My my, I think the best thing we've ever done is Game of Loans. I think Game that was loans. probably yeah, that was the epic. makeup the makeup in that one, the acting in that one. The that was the first time we shot in multiple um, places. So we did like on Matt Ellerding's farm. We did a whole walking like you know walking with a horse and. The that was it was freaking insanely produced. Um, sense of compliance is back when I was still like we would basically show up and I'd be like, let's talk about this, and like we create the plan while we're there. And you uh, just you just wear those clothes too, right? That's just what you have. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I still have. I actually had a client buy me that. The vest I wore for that is it says (laughs) president, and the back says the coop. And a client actually bought me that in Kauai. I was scared of chickens one morning. 
and he was <laughs> laughing at me and bought me a, ja- a motorcycle jacket with a chicken on the back. So, oh my gosh, that's um, epic! <laughs> yeah, but that was that was when we really started producing. Like that's when the production became a really big deal. Yeah. So one of the other favorite things I have as we move into the random room mm-hmm. is a game that uh, I I feel like we played <laughs> many years with you is Will It Respa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking a shake. <laughs> so clearly we know that the Tiffany bags won't respa. Even if they're sitting on the table. <laughs> hey, possession is nine tenths of the law. So, so I've got a couple of random questions to ask you. And these are things that I feel like happen every day. Some of these are true to me. Some of these are just what I see other loan officers doing. And so um, I want to know if things will, will respa. So, uh, you know, I happen to have a friend who's a realtor. We go out to lunch and I pay. Will it respa? Uh, that's a super gray area. So there's 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 a lot of things that are super black and white. That one's kind of a gray area because it just depends. And actually, HUD used to manage respa before the CFPB existed. And I called um, this woman, Tawana Matthews. I'll never forget her. She was my like my back channel to like asking these respa questions. And I asked her that. I said, "What about lunch?" And she said, "It depends on." you know, what you're doing at lunch. So if your lunch is to market your services and try to get, you know, more awareness around what you do as a company and all that stuff, then there's a chance that that one actually flies and you're not in, in bad shape because there is an exemption for marketing. Um, and so you could you could argue that that lunch is totally fine. Now, if that lunch is triggered by a referral, so every time they refer you business, there you are dropping lunch on their desk. Mm. Here's the a brand new T-bone state for you. Pattern or practice, yeah. Any pattern or practice, it shows an agreement. And okay. so you have to like prove an agreement to refer business. But if you keep, if there's like a pattern of every time they do it, there's something great. That's where you start to go, okay, this is in exchange for that referral of business. So this one's a two-parter um, okay. because one of, this is actually personal to me. So a realtor hands out three <laughs> cards of potential lenders, but winks and points to mine because I'm so devastatingly handsome. Will it respa? <laughs> First of all, having your picture on your card might be a fair lending problem, uh, but <laughs> the um, you're treading you know, on thin ice, Randy. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I feel like Ken is. <laughs> first, first of all, most realtors don't care about RESPA, so even talking about realtors in the RESPA world, like the thing they care about is that loan officers don't pay attention to RESPA, is <laughs> yeah, what I find. <laughs> um, I'm sure many do, but um, but yeah, it's. That one is a weird one because there's that's not in RESPA. Like having to refer multiple loan officers doesn't exist in RESPA. Can I and tell so, you? Go ahead. Say, say it again oh, for, yeah. for all the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's literally zero things in RESPA that discuss a realtor giving out three business cards. So that, I, I, be, I think maybe it's in the Realtor Code of Ethics would be my guess, but yeah. I don't know where that comes from. I honestly yeah. don't. So my niece, who's 20 years old, um, she just got her license uh, three, four months ago. And, nice, good timing. And, and it must be her code of ethics. <laughs> uh, she's an incredibly hard worker. She gave out three cards. I, I get a phone call from a, a referral of hers. So she's already doing business. Super proud uncle. Uh, you know, talk, pre-qualify the client. I reach out to her and she's like, yeah, I, I gave out three cards. I'm, I'm really glad that he chose yours. But, you know, by law, I have to give out three business cards. And I'm like, you must have pointed to my card, didn't you? And she didn't. And part of me, part of me was upset because I'm her uncle. 
<laughs> but I also realized how proud, like I had kind of like a proud papa, a proud uncle moment where I was like, all right, you're doing things above board. Good for you. <laughs> so um, the next one, it's the holidays and I make world famous salsa. And I actually do. This one is about me. Um, I deliver it to all my favorite escrow companies, past clients, realtors, and friends. Will it respa? Yeah, there's nothing there that, I mean, first of all, I'm not an attorney, so if you do and get busted, that's not on me. But um, (laughs) but yeah, all you're doing is walking around, yeah, you're walking around the holidays and giving things to people who do or do not refer you business. Like, that's a very general, it probably has your card on it or a sticker that says your name, um, and you're getting out there and, you know, getting in the face of people and, and marketing. So that, again, the only time RESPA kicks in really is when there's a referral and when there's a... Uh, a kickback for that referral. So if you are giving things out and, and marketing your services and it's just amazing salsa, then that's great. Like there's, that's, you know, that's totally normal. I think that answers the next oh, one ma- too. Makes me feel so, <laughs> so good. And I want keep, some keep salsa. The salsa been, to me, yeah. You're on the salsa list, Ken. After today's show, you are on the salsa list. So teaching CE, nice. teaching CE classes for realtors, escrow companies, and providing lunch with that. I think you answered that. Yeah. That, that oh no! Can we talk things? about take classes? Oh yes! Tell me this more. This one's this one drives me insane every single day. So the NAR has been very clear about this. Anybody teaching classes for realtors, title anybody teaching class for realtors, loan officers, or anybody in a position for them business, if it is a clock hour course, you must charge what the fee is that is charged by people that aren't in a position to get a referral. So you would find a real estate company, a real estate education company that's charging and you need to be in that ballpark because if you give it to them for free, then you're offsetting the cost of the class that would otherwise be mandated that they take that class. And so you're offsetting a cost that they need to renew their license. Thus, that's a kickback in exchange for the referral of business. So everybody, every title company disagrees with me, by the way, which doesn't matter because the CFPB agrees with me. (laughs) That referral, so that, that class you're doing as a title company delivering classes to realtors or loan officers for free, you're violating RESPA in my opinion, because, and in the CFPB's write-up and the NAR's write-up, and every attorney that I know will say the same thing. Can, it just came out in a California mortgage bankers class I was in. It is absolutely a kickback for the thing about How, how would you know what an average price is for a CE class? So that's where it gets fun. Um, you can't look at other title companies breaking the law and be like, see, they're doing it too if for free, so it must be free. Go to any real no estate title company are and find to out. <laughs> I know. I teach no, they a lot of CE. They can I, call me. Yeah. You I, said go to yeah, what? They, go to what title they can company? come at me, bro. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, see, I, I teach a lot of realtor CE. It's always sponsored by the title companies. <laughs> Randy, shh. No, I, I do. I, yeah, I, dude, you just outed yourself. Like, no, I've taught many, many <laughs> CE classes, and I will continue to teach. Ken is a very inspirational, um, but I'm not the one who's providing the the lunch or the room or anything. I'm literally just brought in there to teach. You're just an accomplice. I'm yeah. Just oh. an accomplice. Wow. <laughs> Who books these guests, you Katie? This is so Ken getting far, right? I'm sure. <laughs> You You know that he has no (laughs) no soft spot for this. (laughs) I know. I I am. This is it's sticky for me because I am so justice or like I don't know if you can feel that, but like I'm like everybody must do it right, especially when it comes to anything mortgage and real estate. And this is one where title companies because okay, let me tell you, the state law of Oregon allows for it, and that's what confuses everybody. 
because yeah. they can look at the state law and be like, no, like, look, in, in fact, Washington is prescriptive where they're like, here's how you do it. Like, they'll, they'll coach you up on how to do it. However, if you look at federal law, you're still violating federal law. So it's like the, smoking weed, that's the right? trick. It's okay to do it well, in yeah, Oregon. It, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big difference is, yeah, wow. the federal government will actually go after this, whereas smoking weed, the federal government's backing off like you do you. Do you. I'm <laughs> literally feeling my, my soul being crushed right now. Can, the next CE class that I'm teaching for the Central Oregon Association of Realtors is called Death in a Family. Um, so maybe you want to come to that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We're going to talk here's, about here's probate do it, by the way. things like that. Here's a great way to do it. Have them pay for the class and donate the money to a nonprofit. Like that's the best thing you could do. You don't need to make money off it, right? I mean, you should because you're worth it. Um, but, but the thing is you could donate it and then realtors that are paying don't feel like you're trying to make money off them. They want to participate. And in this case, the good guys win because we now have people not violating RESPA and we have a local homeless shelter getting funds. I love that. So yeah. that's my way favorite way to silver lining, I am never yeah. playing this game with you again. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned a lot. I learned every time I go to your class and we play Will at RESPA, I'm like, well, can't do that anymore. <laughs> every time. Every single time. Well, let's kick off Katie's Corner. Coming into my corner. All right, so we can't shamelessly self-promote, but I'm going to promote Knowledge Coop for Ken. Um, you guys opened up Knowledge Coop Plus, and you, um, if anyone hasn't checked it out online, I definitely recommend jumping in there. There's a bunch of videos, including Matt Graham, who was doing an interview on Matt the market. Matt Graham. <laughs> Matt Graham. A bunch of other industry experts or CEOs of companies that are really important for our business. So... Um, the whole kind of theory or the idea behind my corner today is just creating a community for you and your mortgage career and your personal career. Uh, I've been a big part of Oregon Mortgage Association, which is becoming Oregon Mortgage Bankers Association. And I think it's just having that core group of people that understand the struggles that you go through, understand the trials and tribulations and you know feeding into your success and also just going through different bouncing ideas off you as you come up to a difficult loan scenario. I mean, that's what this, you listen to this podcast for probably most of you mortgage lenders is to get different ideas or different perspectives on what might be a hard market right now. So creating that local community for yourself, I really advocate for that. Um, And then outside of business, making sure that you have friends or family, therapists, whoever is your soundboard. I know, Ken, you um, have been recording videos and posting them, and this was one thing that you just touched on, so you inspired me to bring it up for everyone and remind people to go on there and check it out, because your community that you're creating for mortgage lenders is really important, and if people don't have that, um, it's a great resource to get started. That is very inspirational. Good job. Thank you. And now the news. The Truth in Lending Mortgage News, uh, Fed rate decision is today uh, likely going to see a 25 basis point hike. Uh, Ken, what do, you, what do you think? We need your vote. Yep, that's it. 25, Joey. They're going to hike until they go too far, and then they're going to go back down. Yep, 25. <laughs> 25, Katie. 25. Okay, we're all in agreements. It's too close. Usually uh, we do this about a week out, and there's some room for Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's happening in two hours, literally. Uh, Realtor.com reports weekly active inventory up 69% year over year. However, new listings down 5% year over year. Hmm? Uh, calculated risk blog shows annual sales for December 2022 down 16.4%. And single family delinquency rates inch up from last month, but they're still at pre-pandemic lows. How great is that? Uh, average rate as we record the show still unchanged. Three shows in a row were average 30, uh, 30 year extra from Mortgage News Daily, <laughs> 6.21% for a 30 year. Wow. 
That's pretty good. I'm starting to see some rates in the fives, though. They're, they're getting there. Yeah, things are getting better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for our, our last segment, Ken, uh, feel free to join, join in on this one. This is remembering those who we've lost. <laughs> so uh, Flagstar Bank closed all of their... Um, this this logo this says sorry this headline says out of per- footprint locations that's right which is 69 percent reduction in retail home lending offices so basically anywhere layoffs. not in michigan that's a lot of people there you go that's a lot of people uh umqua bank uh which is local here in the northwest they're laying off half of its home lending team which is half of what's remaining because i know a lot of them have quit reverse mortgage funding laid off 65 people in new jersey Yep, uh, American Pacific Mortgage, my parent company, uh, purchased the assets of Lynn Smart Mortgage. First Internet Bank is exiting consumer mortgage business. Not, not one I've heard of. Wow, so. and uh, this one, Wells Fargo Home Mortgage, to cut about 140 jobs in Springfield, Illinois, which leads me to my my one question that I skipped with you, Ken. Uh, recently, Wells Fargo got a monster fine. Do you think that's why they're exiting? <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're the cash cow for the federal government. Like every time the feds need money, they're like, hey, call the dude at Wells. Let's see if we can get another settlement. 3.4 um, billion, they, no big deal. It's huge. Um, I think banks are exiting. I think the list, like Flagstar, for example, the thing is, independent mortgage bankers are doing way more loans than, than banks. And banks have so many other revenue options. And there's so much uncertainty in mortgage that banks have the ability to just be like, hey, lop off mortgage for a while which happens every single time. So banks aren't, aren't as competitive as independent mortgage bankers right now. They're backing out of the space at a rapid pace and bank. And I think mortgage independent mortgage bankers have like 70% of the business again. Mm -hmm. So that'll just continue to go that route. Um, and independent mortgage bankers are all in, they have no other lines. Usually they have no other lines of, you know, how they're going to make money. So they have to double down on what they do best, which is mortgages, where banks are like, hey, let's go back to savings and checking and charging overdraft fees that are ridiculous. And they're being looked at by the feds for that, too. So I I don't think we should break everyone's heart, though. We shouldn't break everyone's heart. If you want to get a mortgage at Wells Fargo, as long as you have three to five or 18 (laughs) accounts, you can still get one. (laughs) Whether you know about them or not. (laughs) I want to be clear. Community banks are doing well. So community banks and credit unions are still doing well. It's the large banks. That are struggling, but I'm the banks that are invested in their local community are doing better. <laughs> they need to get their money back somehow. Errors from our last show read by me, the producer. To clarify, LLPA waivers are only eligible on primary residences and not eligible for second homes or investment properties. Yeah, I probably should have clarified that in last week's show. Oops. We had a good run, though. You know, four four or five episodes without any airs. I was just excited we had one. <laughs> oh, what a great show. Uh, thanks to Ken Perry for coming on from the Knowledge Coop. Uh, looking forward to having you in studio in person uh, in August. Um, Joey, Katie, Ken, what a great show today. Yeah. Happy February 1st. It's Fed Day, Potato Heads. Enjoy the podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for uh, listening, guys. This is Truth in Lending. Do you think anyone listens past this point? I doubt it. But maybe. Maybe they are. Who knows? 
Well, sometimes there's surprises at the end. You can always message us on Instagram at Truth and Lending Podcast. 